Thank you for joining us on this episode of Connecting the Diocese from the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. My name is Jack Sosha. Happy that you're here whenever or wherever you happen to be. Maybe where you happen to be, like where I am right now, you've got a whole bunch of snow on the ground. The first major snow of the year. Well, actually, the whole season. We've been very lucky so far. It's just funny how things work, though. We have been trying for quite some time to get our COVID-19 booster shots. For a while there, they weren't available. And then we kind of forgot about the whole thing because my wife had broken her leg and knee and frankly she couldn't get out and couldn't walk anywhere and now she's able to walk on a limited basis enough to get in the car go to the pharmacy get out of the car go in the pharmacy get her shot and come back out to the car COVID-19 vaccine is in stock boom we get hit with a snowstorm now it's not like we see a whole bunch of people but the places that we do manage to get to are places where there are people who are not feeling well you know hospital checkups, physical therapy, those kind of places. So we kind of wanted to get the shot. I guess we're just going to have to wait for this to literally blow over. This week, you'll be hearing a very nice chat with Bishop William P. Callahan, the Bishop of the Diocese of La Crosse, on a wide range of topics, including the fact that he had cataract surgery. And it really made a huge difference. We'll give you an idea how that works. Mostly telling you those things so that there are some of you out there who want to have cataract surgery or maybe really are scared of cataract surgery. He'll tell you more about how it worked out because he's kind of was a, a chicken heart when it came to these kind of things as he talks about frequently. He really doesn't like needles. But the vision improvement, nothing less than extraordinary. So we'll hear from Bishop Callahan right here on Connecting the Diocese about that and many other things right after this. I mentioned during the intro that I was trying to get the COVID booster. The COVID virus is back with another version of it. By no means is this the pandemic, the lockdown, all that stuff. But it is serious enough that you really do want to get the booster. Now, I talk for the better part of two years every week about getting your shots and doing all the things you should be doing to prevent getting infected. Well, I'm not going to go through that again. I'll just let music explain what I was talking about. Is this a Joining us again, and 
Not that many weeks ago you were here. So good to see you again. The Bishop of the Diocese of La Crosse, Bishop William P. Callahan. I, I see you looking well, and now you see me looking well. Indeed, indeed. Hi, Jack. Good to see you, and thank you so much for another wonderful day of uh, radio magic on these uh, invisible waves. Coming to uh, our friends near and far as we celebrate a new year. As we celebrate the joy of Christmas, which continues to take us all over the place every single day. And uh, as we just enjoy each other's company, here we are. This Christmas, and be- because Advent was so short because of the way the calendars work, it feels like it just got going. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking, going, I, 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 I managed to get a nativity set out, and I did get a few lights out uh, and things like that. And I have some excuses. My wife had broken her leg three months ago, and I've been cooking, cleaning, feeding, taking care of the cats, you know, doing everything possible because she was literally incapacitated from that kind of thing. And uh, now, again, yesterday, I was just telling the bishop for the first time in three months, she managed with some effort to get up the stairs. And this was a major accomplishment. Well We're, done. Alice. Well done, yeah. Well she, she's, done. Got, she's got that finish, Sisu. She's got that grit. <laughs> but it's been three months. And I, I really don't get out much during, you know, I was grocery shopping, taking her to the hospital, taking her to physical therapy, and grocery shopping, and coming here on, you know, for to see you. That's been it. I've been at home, which is kind of neat. I did a lot of stuff, but um, the whole Christmas season was so compressed, and I didn't go out Christmas shopping or, or you know, many of the things we normally do. You know, you go out there and you sit there and you watch the Christmas shoppers and yada. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I feel the same way. This this Christmas season, like the whole year of 2023, came upon us so quickly. It was like a tsunami. You know, it just came right across and just rolled in and rolled right back out again yeah. and, you know, just wreaked all kinds of whatever as we, as we you know, tried to hold our ground, as <laughs> yeah. it were, between yeah. the wind, the rain, the, the snow, and the, the, the pouring surf. Yeah, and then, the, you know, the, the various other tensions going on, both domestically and foreign, with wars and politics God and everything, forbid. screaming and yelling yes, at yes, each yes, other, and, uh, yes. you know, the, and people buying cars and discovered they can be started up by sticking a USB stick and they can be stolen. I mean, this, this is... And then, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and your car has been recalled because it accidentally can go backwards. <laughs> you know, like, you know I, mean, I, I just... Uh, I just... It's amazing. And we, we had a very nice talk last week with Roberto Partiru from Catholic Charities. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and he was mentioning that when he came to Catholic Charities years ago, and he said, I, I really, I want to do all this, I love doing this stuff, but I, I really don't want to be a landlord. And now because of some grants from the state and federal and other things oh, going on, yes. they're buying houses. Because, because the only way you could keep the rent from going up to own it if you're a nonprofit yes. and you're not greedy and you own it. So here's Roberto going, yeah, we're going to be in charge of, you know, X number of houses. He says, I, I said, I didn't want to be a landlord. Yes. <laughs> but what a wonderful thing. You know, that's another thing that I was thinking about talking about. But we can mention it now. I don't know if most people, Catholic or non-Catholic, understand how many different things the church with a capital C does. It is unbelievable, the good works. Yes. And these are, I'm not just bragging about the Catholic Church, but seriously, you would be astounded. Uh, we already talked many times about how the, the Catholic charities, plural, in the U.S., are the largest providers of low-cost housing in the whole country. 
Yeah, this is amazing. Now, uh, this past year, Catholic Charities was uh, instrumental in 95 babies getting adopted. You know, they're still working with a couple of hundred Afghan refugees who decided they like this part of the country and are staying here. Uh, there's all this stuff going on, uh, constantly going on, as well as the, you know, the, the things you think about, the weddings, the baptisms, the funerals, you know, the counseling. Uh, it's quite astounding. It really is. It, it, Thanks be to God that in all of this, this continual day-to-day -day living that we are trying to do, we don't really lose our sense of ingenuity, our sense of curiosity, and our sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a German teacher in college who had lived through the Nazis. Very intelligent woman. She was the first. One would never believe it in the world in which we live today. If there was such a thing. She was the, the first woman in Germany to get a commercial pilot's license. Oh, really? She's Frau Hohenberg. She was really something. But... Um, she, I was in in college during much of the upheaval of the '60s and the, you know the v Vietnam riots and they, yeah. they burnt down the Bank of America two blocks from where I was living at one time. And but she said that she said to me one day she says Jack just remember that uh, the first sign of a fanatic is they lose their sense of humor. Oh yeah. You know if they can't crack a smile, they're 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 a little wrapped too tight. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's very it's very strange, you know. They lose their sense of humor and they fail to laugh at themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a, that's a good sign, I always think, because we make mistakes. Yeah. And sometimes we make outrageous mistakes and they're hilarious. So, you know, it'd be nice if people could think about that from time to time. Wasn't there some order that that in some of their services and particular dates when it maybe it was even during a time when something bad had happened, uh -huh. that they they laugh at Satan and they tell jokes, That's right, and, and, and things like that. Uh, I tell a story uh, about the uh, the Rhesus Pascalis, and uh, this, of course, is is usually told around uh, around uh, Easter time, when uh, people gathered together and used to gather around in the little churches, especially in Germany. That, uh, that they would come together and they would tell stories that would make them laugh. And you know, people would say, why are those Christians coming together in the church? I don't remember if this was a particularly Catholic tradition or if this was another Christian tradition, but nevertheless, it is something that came about with Christianity. And it's called the Rhesus Pascalis, the, the Easter laugh. And so, and I usually try to tell the story at least once during the Easter season at Mass and uh, remind the people that the whole idea is for people to come together and laugh. And, you know, and so, so the priest or the preacher, whomever it was, who was telling the, the good news for that particular day, typically Easter, would tell a story and would make the people laugh. And if you didn't laugh, there was something wrong with you. <laughs> So, uh, so they would tell the story, make people laugh, and uh, the idea, of course, was to help people to understand what God did in sending his son to suffer and die on the cross. And it is the understanding that God's sense of humor is more powerful and much more savory than, than the, the evil one's power to, to make us 
sad and miserable, and even those who are sad and miserable about the sufferings of Christ on the cross. The idea, of course, is to be able to come alive. Uh, Jesus' whole suffering and death and resurrection is the ultimate joke. It is the ultimate joke. It is the way in which we come together and we do crack a smile about the way God makes the devil just kind of sizzle, <laughs> you know? And you know, he, does, uh, he does this whole sense of be happy, be happy. Just think about how God goes, how Jesus, God of course, but how Jesus goes to, goes to hell. He descended into hell and on the third day he rose again from the dead. The idea of his descending into hell is to go and ridicule Satan, to make him look like you know, the most pathetic, sorrowful goat you ever imagined. And, uh, and uh, Jesus and, uh, and, and the devil duke it out, quite literally. And uh, you know, so it is, it is an opportunity to come together and to really see just exactly what Jesus has come to do. And he has come to be able to shame Satan and to make him laugh at himself. Yeah. Look how foolish you look. Look how crazy you look. You know, trying to make people think that, uh, that you're better than me. And I mean, you know, and it sounds so off-putting and you know, full of pride and everything else. But it's filled with a sense of God's own love and mercy. All of these things are so astonishing. They're astonishing. They just help us to think about the fact that God's love for us undoes all the devil's chicanery, trying to pull us into a web of deceit and uh, to mislead us and to help us to fall flat on our faces. And look what Jesus has done. He has gone to the most shameful, difficult, murderously foul uh, death imaginable, an agony that is beyond belief. And in the midst of it comes back alive and well and living in Nazareth or living in Rome or living in Jerusalem or wherever. And, you know, and that, that devil just can't take that. So that's a good time to tell stories and to hear people laugh, and that's what he does. I'm reminded of the old Roadrunner movies with Wile E. Coyote, <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Acme and Dynamite, the and yes. he'd light the fuse and it would burn too fast, and boom. Yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes. And those sorts of things yeah. would bring about, I mean, see, we don't have anything like that anymore. Yeah. We don't laugh at ourselves. We don't laugh at cartoons because cartoons are just you know, so, you know, uh, beyond us, you know. Yeah. We're, we're so sophisticated that we need much more sophisticated things. Yeah. How, how miserable our lives are without humor. I ran across a movie, in fact, it is on YouTube for free. I had never heard of it before, called Rally. And it was from 1959, and it was some kind of story about... Uh, the, the military wanted to build some kind of base in this town, and they wanted to not to have it. But the point was, it starred Paul Newman doing high comedy. 
I mean, swinging from chandeliers and doing all kinds of, <laughs> and this is, you know, Paul Newman, you never think of him doing no, this. No, 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 he was always And so Joan cerebral. Collins was, was also in it. And they're oh both acting as goofy, as goofy as you can possibly imagine. Uh-huh. And I'm going, this movie apparently did not do well. I don't know. I mean, it's on YouTube for free, which yeah. means no one cares anymore. But it was kind of like, this is the goofiest movie I have seen in a very, very long time. And of course, it was also... But it did tickle you, huh? Oh, goodness, it was ridiculous. It, you know, it was, of course, nowadays, it would not be as politically correct as you would like it would be because, oh, sure. because this little town, which was pretty much all white bread, was doing a reenactment of the Pilgrims landing on Plymouth Rock. And, uh, and you know, they, they had people dressed up as Native Americans in, in the fake headdresses. And, and then, but what happened was something happened and the, 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 the little boat they built for the Pilgrims in the lake, it, it began to sink. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was the whole thing was just crazy. It was just, uh-huh. it was just nuts. But uh, uh, yeah, you, sometimes you have to go back a few years, mm-hmm. and you you find some movies even from the '30s or '40s. Uh, yes, that and you find those things. Oh, just, I must yeah. say, you find some uh, of there the are most things floating around things. YouTube and various places where there are public domain movies that they're they're so old now that no one cares. Yeah. Uh, but the humor is extremely good, and in most cases quite wholesome and just funny. Uh, and it's good to have a laugh. My, my wife's other side of the family, uh, not, not the uh, Finnish side, the other side is Danish. And they have what they call, I guess these are different parts of the country, the, uh, the, the gloomy Danes and the cheerful Danes. And it's got something culturally or religious something with, you know, there are different philosophies of life. But uh-huh. they, they're actually, it's kind of like you're from here. Oh, you're one of the gloomy Danes. <laughs> you know, and fortunately, her dad was not one of the gloomy Danes. He was a very jolly fellow. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of need for just good laughs, a good belly laugh. Even if you just watch situation comedies from a number of years ago, yes. uh, it is just... You know, Jackie Gleason and those kind of things. I know people some have never even seen these movies or seen these shows, but they're, they're all over on all these various services now. These streaming services have grabbed everything they can broadcast, and if they can find a way of making a buck off it, you know, they will, which is, which is fine. But, yeah, and you know, uh, the one thing I, I have repeated not only here, but to other people around town, is your thing about the birthdays and blowing out a candle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very cheerful attitude towards a birthday, especially a person who's going to be, you know, considerably older. And sure. A, yeah. Like, I, I, I won't, you, I'll let you say it. Why, why do we blow, gee, Bishop, why do we blow, <laughs> why do we blow out a candle? Honest, that, that, that's one of the best things to, to consider. We blow out a candle simply because, and that's why a candle is, uh, for us, a primordial symbol. You know, it, it really, it says what it means, and it means what it says. It's a sacrament in that sense, um, yeah, but, uh, but not in the, in the sense that it gives grace and those sorts of things. But we blow out a candle because it means you can. Mm-hmm. You have breath within you, and that breath is the breath of life. The Ruha Adonai, as our ancestors used to say, the breath of God. And within you, that's where it comes from. When God breathes into Adam, he breathes and he makes that lump of clay turn into something human. And that's us. And we need to have that sense of God's grace and God's goodness and God's sense of humor. 
And so as it is, we get an opportunity to, to allow our life to, to shine, our life to, to, to accomplish what it's supposed to. And we do it every year at least, once a year when we, when we celebrate our birthday. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're happy to have that life within us and we can blow out a candle yeah, with that life within us. You are alive, yeah. You are alive. Now, many years ago now, it seems like, we had you on, it was one of the more extraordinary shows, because you had just come out of some serious surgery. Mm. In fact, you were still kind of drugged up. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know. I can't tell when that. Yeah, you were, you were, you were back at your residence, and, and you know, you were, you were you know, medicated. Yeah. Now, you, were, you, you were not high as a kite or anything like that. No, but, no. But you were, you were definitely feeling no pain, literally, yes. uh, because you'd had some serious heart surgery. That's right. And That's we right. had a big discussion about that. Uh, not just to talk about, you know, this, this is my surgery. You want to see my scar? No. Uh, this was to, to reassure people who were soon going into the same kind of surgery. Right. We talked about how you were scared a little bit. I was very frightened. Yeah, yeah. And that you had faith and that things would turn out okay. And, and if they didn't, well, you still had faith. But, and it was a nice show. Um, on a much easier schedule, uh, when we last talked before Christmas, you told me that the day after Christmas, the 26th, uh, you were going in to have a cataract removed from your eye. That's right. It was a, it was a honey. Believe me, it <laughs> yeah. was a honey of a cataract. And my first thought was, I'm glad you're not doing this on the day after New Year's because every, <laughs> you know, we'd all have to be kind oh, of man. You know, yeah, squirming yeah. one way yeah. or another. But uh, uh, you, you had the first one done and it Tell me, how was it? Oh, yeah. I was, I was a model student. I was a model patient. I was so compliant, and everything went just so, so well. Um, the, the doctor was a, just a... And I, I, haven't tell, I haven't told him this, but if, he, if he's as smart as I think he is, and, of course, he listens to uh, uh, Connecting the Diocese from time to time, uh, I'm sure he would probably want to hear the fact that, uh, you know, just before the surgery began, was to begin, the doctor usually comes in just to see the patient and, you know, reassure him or her that, you know, this is, this is going to be just fine. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. And, um, and of course, he marks off, uh, you know, where, where he's going to be working because, you know, we've heard the stories, you know, about, you know, doctors who come in and, you know, remove things that shouldn't be removed and all those sorts of things. So he comes in and he made, he made uh, his little X marks the spot on my, above my eyebrow, being aware of the fact that he was going to work on my right eye. Good, good. And so I felt, I felt reassured, at least he knew where we were going. Yeah. But as it turned out, as he left, uh, my uh, executive assistant is uh, Debbie Brannon, and you probably, you know Debbie, sure. but everybody else probably doesn't know her, and they run into her or see her from time to time. But at any rate, um, you know, uh, Debbie looked at me, and, you know, I was already, I, I had already been given the first of uh, the uh, the uh, hypos that you know are going to get you you know at least going into a some kind of quiet state, mm -hmm. and uh, you know so she said, "Is he sixteen? 
<laughs> That's what you want to hear. And I thought to myself, well, not necessarily what I want to hear. Absolutely, you know. I mean, this is a this is a you know a full fledged medical doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, he does look he very very yeah. very young man. And uh, you know, so I'm I'm all set and ready to go with my 16 year old doctor, and he obviously knew what he was doing because. You know, after after the surgery was completed, and after he did the the uh, uh, exam afterwards, after the surgery was completed, the next day he came and see me at, uh, you know, I had to come here to see him at the at the at the hospital, and sure enough, you know, he just says he says, well, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way the surgery went and everything was fine. I thought to myself, yeah, I'm glad you are. I mean, yeah, but the other thing is, he says. He says, you have, you're seeing with 20-20 vision out of your right eye. And I thought to myself, holy moly, yeah. is that nice? Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't care if he's 16 years old or 60 years old. He knows what he's doing. It made me feel very comfortable. I've got another one coming up tomorrow, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. And, and, and your, your attitude towards it is completely different than it was. Uh, it is. Yes, 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 yes yeah. it is. It's totally different. I am, I am much, much more relaxed, much more confident. Um, I've always, I've always had confidence in in the people who do things of mm -hmm. of this sort for me. You know that um, you know I I have I have my my moments. You know I'm I'm. A little cautious about you know what we're going into here, and uh, you know so I I have my uh, I don't know if I'm mm -hmm. going to be too happy with this, but as I say, and I said to to one of my doctors, my my doctor before the heart surgery, as a matter of fact, you know uh, that um, you know he says, well he says you know Bishop, you really got to be happy about the fact that you got to do this, but. He says, um, he says, we want to, we want to see, you know, obviously this whole thing work out. And I said, well, if, doctor, if you didn't do this, what would happen? He says, he said, you'd probably die. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. And I said, um, I said, oh, I said, yeah, but doctor, I'd know where I'm going. <laughs> and uh, and I do feel, I do feel very thoughtful mm -hmm. and reflective about the fact that faith is wonderful. Not only is faith, a, you know, a bomb for the soul, but faith is is obviously something to think about because you have to have confidence and you have to have faith mm -hmm. in the fact that, you know, this doctor knows what he's doing, and these machines and these uh, serums and everything else, in spite of the fact that they have to be injected into our bodies with these needles. Um, you know, I, I hate that. Just yeah. hate it, hate it, hate it. And so sure enough, I, I, I tell the doctors, I, you know how many souls in purgatory I, I just pray for and free from, free from purgatory? Because I am offering up my pain, my suffering, and these damnable needles. 
So sure enough, it's uh, it's 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 quite an opportunity for me to release souls from purgatory yeah. by my suffering, by my enduring pain. And this is just a simple needle. Yeah, well, everyone's you got know? their and particular I'm, phobias, yeah, which is well, yeah, blessed okay. Lord had to deal with big yeah, old spikes big, going right, into bigger it. needles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they weren't sterilized. No, no. I mean, there were rats running all over the and, place up there and, on on Golgotha. So I am just trying to to relax myself, and I have to do that because I am such a baby when it comes to these things. I just, I just. Everybody's got to have something that they're a little quirky about. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. That, that's another thing. Everybody's got quirks. I mean, you know, we can we can laugh right now about this, and uh, uh, but uh, everybody has got something about which they they either fear or intensely dislike or just are suspicious of, and. Yeah. You sometimes just have to deal with it and talk to them and say, it's going to be okay or whatever, you know. Now, question though, when did you first realize you could see better? Uh, you know, actually, I think I started to, to feel better about what I could see when we, we, left, we left the hospital in Sparta because they do the, uh, these eye operations and what is it, ophthalmatic surgery, mm. um, you know, they do those in, in Sparta. And uh, so sure enough, when we left, I had these, I had these wraparound sunglasses. These really looked like something out of, you know, 2001, um, you know, when it was, when it was modern, yes, you yes, know, yes, space yes. odyssey. Mm. But nevertheless, uh, I was able to see better then. Hmm. And I did. I held up my hand up against my my left eye, and uh, the right eye was was securely uh, covered with a with a plastic shield. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure enough, even with all that, I was able to see better. So yeah, and I and then I remembered all the stories about people who told me, "Oh, you won't regret this at all, Bishop. You know, it's just it's just wonderful. You'll start to see immediately." And so among them, of course, were my my sisters and my brother and dear friends who have gone through this. You know, who are much older than I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and have just you know gone through it and said. Yeah, this is the way. Yeah. yeah, and and you said coming in here that uh, you keep reaching for your glasses and realizing yes. you don't need them. I don't need them. <laughs> well, wakes yeah. with your both eyes are twenty. Oh, yeah. yeah, isn't that the we, truth? We we mentioned this. Uh, Partly because it's mildly entertaining to hear our bishop talking about his surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Where does it hurt, bishop? But no, uh, only uh, when I laugh. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, we, we do this uh, in part because I can guarantee you there's someone out there who is either thinking about having the same surgery done or has got it scheduled or is saying, I'm really having a hard time seeing, I don't know what I'm going to do. And this can be a little bit of aid and comfort to oh, those people, yes. oh, or yes. to their spouses, or to their kids who are worried about how grandpa's going to go through this. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. It's just good to hear. And you know, and that's so true because the first time that I realized how really difficult it was to see, and the doctors told me, you know, you're pretty close to blind in your right eye. Oh, my. And I realized that when I, I celebrated confirmation at St. Pat's in Sparta, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, uh, Father Eric, who is there, who is uh, the pastor of the parish. And um, I asked Eric, I said, you know, stand by me close because I can't see the missile. Yeah. 
And thanks be to God that there were pieces of it that I have committed to memory. Yeah. memory. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know, you stay by me because just in case I'll point to you and you take over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, just make sure that you know, we're not going to, that I'm not going to embarrass myself mm -hmm. as the diocesan bishop. And I don't want to embarrass the church. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I, if I can't see and I'm saying things up there and I'm making it up as I go along, you know, this is a crazy thing. Yeah, but that's great. But yeah, yeah. And I think that, it again, it's, it's a performance thing also. I mean, you'll be able to sit, stand back, open the book, and read it. Yes. Now you see, I don't have very good vision at all, and if I had to read that book, I'd have to bury my nose in it. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So it's it's a yeah. tricky thing. And uh, but again, indeed. this way, there's there's somebody out there who's going to be going through this, maybe the same day you are. Yes. Who knows? Yes. Um, but or else they're just considering doing it, and here you are. Uh, the most, uh, you know, not pleased about going through procedures in the world person, uh, and you're saying, you know, gang. It's worked out really good. Yes. And so that's one of the reasons why we, we have you on for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> but yes. also the idea that, that just like every other priest, you have experience in all different ways. And you never can tell when some experience you have had will be of use to helping, say, a parishioner or a listener. Sure, I hope so. Yeah. We talked last week at the end, or at least I, mean, I finished up the show for the year, saying, you know, if you've got some concerns, some problems, some questions, some doubts, whatever the case may be, talk to your local priest. Yes, please. There's nothing you can say to them they haven't heard. Yes, yes. And I, even if they are 16 or look that way. <laughs> <laughs> or look that way. Yes, that yes, way. yes, yes. You know, I was looking at some of our seminarians' pictures on the way in here, and yeah, They're pretty amazing much. Amazing young men. Yeah, yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. My, my joke. Yeah, my joke now is that basically every female I talk to is a younger woman. <laughs> <laughs> now I did see something online and in pictures, and I saved them. Somebody was taking pictures just for fun, and they happened to be in a mall, and they ran across this two delightful older couple, these two people, and they both had the kind of walkers with the little seat on them, you know? Oh, yes. And they got talking to him. They had met when she was 14, he was 17. They were not romantically involved at that age. But later on, they, they, they got married. They had been married for 77 years. They're in good health. They're walking around the mall. She's 96, he's 101. Holy cow. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just great. Uh, and these are, again, this is a story you tell. I, I saved it from my little Facebook page and shared it because they were because it was such a delightful story. And they asked the people to spread it around. So the people who are older, you know, not every old person should be considered a, you know, a crusty old stereotype with, with nothing you can learn from and that they can't learn anything. Yes, um, by all means. You know, we're, we're getting, now that we're in the so-called boomers, <laughs> and yes. I don't. I understand there's a lot of stuff like I know about that people, frankly, would not be interested in hearing about. I'm sure you have no interest knowing how to splice audio tape together with a piece of scotch tape, mm -hmm. you know. But there may be some other things. However, a lot of stuff I can learn too, and it, it helps to sit down and listen to people. Uh, so true yeah. and so wonderful. Yeah, you yeah. know those simple little things. And, you know, and sometimes they're funny, and that's why I say, you know, you have to learn to laugh at yourself. Mm -hmm. Because unless you really start to see something funny in life, 
everything is just going to be so sad. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's particularly odious to have to deal with the fact that I can't be happy about anything. Yeah, yeah. And there are people like that out there. I mean, you know, sometimes you just need to, you know, come and speak to, come and speak to a priest, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, you know, just, just, you know, tell and, the story of what's going on. Yeah. And by the time you're finished, I guarantee you'll, you'll feel much better. And in many cases, if you, if you do make some gaffe, <laughs> and you think you may have accidentally insulted somebody, uh, number one, let it go. They, they, you know, if you want to apologize to them, that's fine. But the trick is, they say it in the radio business, if you misspeak a word while you're talking, uh, don't go back and say, oh, I just misspoke that. I, let, just keep going, because the average person didn't even hear it. The, friend, the fact of the matter is they aren't listening to you that carefully. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's not that important to them. But uh, uh, you, you don't, don't be, you know, gnashing your teeth over every little thing that maybe I should have said it differently. Yeah. yeah. And remember, you're not that important. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, you know, so many times, you know, we really get sad because we, we start to come back and instead of laughing at, you know, what we may have done that might have been funny, we, we get very serious and very protective of ourselves and defensive. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those sorts of things go out and, uh, and, and create some, some difficulties. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to point out your stupidity. Most people know it. <laughs> no, no. no, obviously not. But it's just what it is. If you can laugh at yourself, people will not laugh at you. That's right. You know? And if you cannot laugh at other people, um, they'll probably like you a lot better. You know? But the, yeah, it's a good start for the new year. You know, we make resolutions of different kinds. And uh, uh, this is going to be a, a challenging year. Uh, because of all the, the internal politics going on and people, uh, this, they keep talking about how much divisiveness there is. Well, you know, yeah, there is. But I also see people getting along just fine and helping out each other of different, different races and different this and different that. You know, uh, uh, in our little town, uh, they had a, a, a restaurant that did, did not do well about four years ago. They just had a bad plan. And that restaurant remained empty for three years, right in the middle of Main Street. And uh, a, a very nice uh, woman of Hispanic origin, born in this country, um, who happens to have another well-run restaurant elsewhere in, in the state, has built a restaurant in this town. So it's open for the first time in three years. People are lining up to get into it. And, you know, she took a big risk opening a restaurant at a time when post-COVID restaurants have been falling apart. And yet this person has nothing culturally in in common with this Norwegian town. So here's a person you would have thought that a local would have tried to open up something, who knows the town, knows the people. This person saw an opportunity, they have very good food, and it's great, it's turning out really fine. Praise God. But we have to do this with everybody now. Just because the person doesn't look like you, doesn't have the same accent you have, doesn't mean they aren't going to work hard and all these things. Yeah, people will surprise you. Yes. People will surprise you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing at the joke about, I don't know who was saying it, and it was kind of a, a, a sarcastic, semi-political thing. He says, I can't understand how people are worried about incoming people to this country 
who in one breath they say they're going to stay on welfare and, and they're lazy and they're also going to take all our jobs. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. There are so many ways in which we can amuse ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, thanks be to God, if we listen sometimes to, to how we speak or misspeak, mm -hmm. we, can, we can at least make ourselves happy. Yeah, and yeah. that's a good thing. That's and good thing. you have an international group of priests. Oh, and yes. they bring flavor to to all of it. Uh, there was one priest, I won't mention who he is, because this is a number of years ago, who went to a parish that um, was, it was a small town. It was kind of financially struggling at the time, which happened. Some, some parishes flourish, some of them don't. And he had pig roasts, and he had all these things. And within a year and a half, the place was completely out of the red and well into the black. You know, he came from a long way away, but he saw something he knew he knew how to fix, and he did. And so each of these priests has all kinds of talents, yes. and they may bring some of their culture. It may have influenced some of the food <laughs> that they have, things like that. But what a joy. What a, what a blessing yeah. that is, too, yeah. and for us to see it and realize, man, there's, there's, there's something about everyone. Yeah. And if you just look, you'll find it. Yeah. You'll I it. think our younger, much younger generation than us uh, is a lot more uh, internationally ecumenical. I may want to use the word. In, in my family, uh, the, uh, the kids, you know, they, they go on Easter break. Yeah? They're not going to Mexico. They're going to Vietnam. Mm. Partly because it's actually as cheap, if not cheaper. It, it's amazing. Yeah. that they're doing all this stuff. Uh, they're, they're, they're traveling all over. They're, they're, they're much more world, worldwide in their, in their views. Uh, I, I unfortunately I'm, have not been able to get out of this country very much at all. I, one of my things is I was going to travel a lot, but I didn't do it. I've seen almost every corner of this country, and I sure appreciate that, mm -hmm. because there's a lot in this country to see. Boy, I'll tell you, there's some great places. Uh, I've been all, East Coast, West Coast, North, South. I've been, you know, crazy almost everywhere, especially in the radio business. And it's wonderful stuff, or wonderful people, no matter where you go. There's some really delightful people. But these folks who get to go to these other places, uh, I must admit I'm a little jealous. Yeah. And I think I told you one relative on my wife's side, um, he, was a, he was a preemie. I think he weighed 16 ounces when he was born. So oh my. He's a very little, I mean, he a, but he is a fireball. He, he got his uh, law degree a semester early, and he was able to uh, pass the bars because it hadn't shut down for COVID where the other guys who were a month semester later had to wait. He has been bugging the State Department for four years about becoming to work at an at a embassy. Uh -huh. And a month or two back, the State Department got hold of him. He said, we would like you and your wife to, she'll come with you and maybe she can help out as well, but um, we'd like to assign you to the embassy in Beijing. And we're going to ship you to Arlington, Virginia. We're going to both train you to speak Chinese. Oh, my. And he's going to Beijing to work with the ambassador. No he's a, he's a smart guy. Yeah. And, uh, but he's determined. He didn't give up. I want to work in an embassy. Here's my credentials. This is what I've done. Let me update you on this. This is what I've done. And they finally went, okay, you're going. And it wasn't to, you know, 
it's a minor outpost in West whatever, you know. Yeah. It's Beijing, which is like, oh, my goodness. Well, on the top of the heap. Yeah. yeah. And, so, it's a, and it's prestigious and it's significant. Yeah. And he's a relatively young guy. Yeah. I mean, he really is. Uh, you know, so, uh, these, he, he figured out what he wanted to do and he, he just pushed at it. And uh, again, he began as a preemie. They had a massive program at that time to keep those babies alive. And uh, he survived very well. But I'm sitting there going, you're going where? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're picking up, picking up your bags and you're going off to Beijing. I'm going, wow. I'm, yeah. He said, well, you can come visit. I said, yeah, I'll work on that That's one. That's right, yeah. If you're <laughs> at, least, around, at least I got somebody. Me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just crazy. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of world out there and the world is coming into us. And, you know, we're seeing it in the churches with our priests and our religious and our parishioners. You've got different ethnic groups now within our diocese that, that really would like to have a little bit of their home style flavor to their to their parish. And it, Something to be said for that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you look at the devotions and things like that, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, you get all kinds of wonderful stuff. And that's another thing we're going to talk about, maybe. I need to get the idea across as best I can do to get people to start going back to Mass and go to listen to what's being said. Do not be a so-called N-O-N-E, none. Uh, you're missing the boat. And as we have said, if you yank religion out of yourself, it's going to leave a hole. Yeah. And it will be a very difficult hole to fill with anything else that would be good for you. And especially nowadays, you know, when we're starting to see so many different kinds of ways in which, you know, people can make the world better mm -hmm. just simply by listening and participating and participating in, in where we find ourselves. So it's, it's a good situation all the way around. Believe it or not, there's a lot of stuff that they teach about in church that homilies, that these these priests really do work really hard on that have some basic truths in them. <laughs> Amazing. Are, isn't it incredible? <laughs> Much better than you. And also, you know, this is very hard to, to nail down, um, but people have just finished celebrating Christmas, the incarnation of God. Now, either you believe this can happen or you don't. And there is very good evidence that people can and are being touched by God all the time. You can't celebrate this stuff and then just put it away in the box till next year with yeah. the old ornaments. It doesn't work that it way. Doesn't doesn't it doesn't translate. Yeah. Christmas cannot just simply be celebrated into a box and out of a box. Yeah. And sometimes I think we're, we're so we're so narrow minded, mm -hmm. and and you know and that's. It just it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So we really do need to expand our horizons a little bit. And if you can dial back all the distractions for a little bit mm -hmm. uh, more, uh, uh, the church has got this thing that uh, a, a person is perfectly capable of having what I think they call a personal revelation, an experience of the being touched by God. And they said, there's nothing wrong with that happening to you. You're not crazy. You're not necessarily a saint, but, but you're okay. Yeah. What they don't want you to do is to try to make up your own religion out of it, to promulgate it. Yes. Uh, that was a gift to you. 
not not a signature from God that you want to have, you know, the Church of Fred. Uh, because uh, we have this big church already that has been working on these things for 2,000 years yeah. and knows more than you do and has taken missteps and has corrected and done all kinds of things. And do not reinvent the wheel because you will go off the road. And we really do have a lot of folks trying to do that. Yeah. And, and maybe even a few Freds out there, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to invent something that is... Um, you know, self-involving and self-absorbed so many times yeah. and we find ourselves just lost in ourselves. I, I think the idea of getting lost in the wonder is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't, uh, I don't uh, you know, have any great revelations of personal things, uh, but, uh, you know, on occasion I sure have felt like God was watching out for me. Oh, yes. You know, big time. Uh, and, but uh, I, I certainly have nothing that I would say, well, I know more about this than, <laughs> you know. Uh, and also, you really have a real hard time improving on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you know, not to mention the Ten Commandments. <laughs> uh, yes. It's all sitting here in, in these churches. It's in these books that are legitimately reviewed by the church, in discussion groups, in RCIA, in book clubs in a chat with a priest, in a chat with a deacon, in a chat with a religious. You just have to kind of open your mind up and declutter and kind of just forget about the worst news story you ever read here or there because there's worst news story about everything. You know, I mean, uh, uh, if we stopped uh, driving cars for everyone that's been recalled, we would be riding donkeys, basically, you know. Uh, we may very well be. Yeah, with, uh, yeah. Well, with, the, with the electric car. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm... I love the idea of being very efficient with a car, but working with computers and cameras for all these years, I don't trust batteries. No. No, no. I had a 1986 Chevy Sprint made by Suzuki in Japan. Three-cylinder engine, one liter, which is a small little engine, three cylinders, five-speed stick, hatchback, 86. It got 55 miles to the gallon. And I was just asking somebody, why don't they just like make this car again? And they said, well, there's, there's no profit in it. You know, they, have to, they may much rather make a big truck because it's going to cost you more. I don't know if that's true or not. If I had really known and had I had the money, I think I would have bought a second one and put it up on blocks. <laughs> Did you see me driving around with a brand new shiny 1986 oh Chevy? Goodness. But yes. uh, boy, I, I, I drove that poor thing into the ground. Now, People look at that and say, oh, yeah, isn't that odd? Yeah, it's retro. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, I'm sure we'll get figure out some way. The, the, the point was made, and this is just being good stewards of the earth kind of thing. They don't think they can really do anything better with, with gasoline engines than they've already done. I mean, they've kind of come to the literally end of the road. What could, you know, until you could put a, a drop of gasoline and have them go for 100 miles, but that's not going to happen. That law of physics. So they probably will come up with something better electrically, and I, I suspect they will. But boy, the batteries. I mean, I've got laptops that are three years old, and the batteries are half dead. Mm -hmm. And the only reason it works on the International Space Station is because they got these big solar panels that are the size of football fields. Keep, keep it in charge, you know. I said, I don't know what they're going to do about that. But we can do little things. We can drive less. We can. You were, no doubt, in the middle of it in the early 70s during the Arab oil embargo. Yes. When we were told to drive 55 miles an hour, plan our trips, and drive a lot less. And in a matter of a couple of weeks, the American public 
cut back so far in gasoline consumption that it scared the heck out of the Arab oil cartel and they gave it up. We can combine our thoughts and do that today on almost anything you can imagine. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. And, and what a wonderful thing. And that wasn't all that long ago. No, no. Uh. You know, and if we, we have progressed so far and have been able to, to talk intelligently about our progress. Yeah. Well, that's good. The, the, the USCCB, your local parish are always, our, our Pope, are always putting out propositions of things we can do to make things better. And all we have to do is listen to them and say, well, okay, let's give that a try. And, but I think people get bogged down with negativity very heavily. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're trying to start off 2024 with, hey, that eye surgery worked. <laughs> wow, it's great. You should do it if you need it. Hey, Christmas isn't really over. You should try it if <laughs> it really works. <laughs> and it really does create yeah. a sense of wonder. And isn't that what we really do need in the world in which we live? Yeah. A sense of wonder and awe. You know, and those are the things that we pray about during the sacrament of confirmation. When when the bishop prays and, and extends his hands over the those to be confirmed, mm-hmm. he prays for them and actually prays that he can and will infuse the power of the Holy Spirit into their lives that they will be able to to have a spirit of wonder and awe, amazement and beauty, and uh, then still have a little bit of time to enjoy the the, uh, the 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 true, the good, and the beautiful, and to be able to absorb that into into his life or her life. Those are so important. May they do make us better people, and they do make us more aware of God's power. Yeah. And what's the line about, do you reject Satan and all his false promises? Right. You know, I, I, you always really wonder, what, what, what false promises? Well, we had the deal about, you know, see all these cities, they all become yours, Jesus. Right. You, you, it's a false promise. He's not going to give you what he promised. You know. But, uh, yeah, and also this idea that, we, oh, I'm kind of sorry Christmas is over. It, it felt so nice. Well, it's no reason why it shouldn't stop being nice. And it's going on in your parish, in your local parish, right down the street from you, where you happen to be. You know, this, it doesn't have to end um, just because you're putting away your Christmas ornaments. Oh, yeah, doesn't that end. is true. That mm-hmm. is so true. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of different kinds of things to think about. And I think we've talked about many of them. We've opened up at least a, a fair amount mm-hmm. of things to ponder. Yeah, well, one of these days, and we've got a year now, which is good, another year. Um, when you're on, I want to come up with a couple of lines from the New Testament or maybe even the Old Testament. I'll have them here, and it's going to be kind of like rapid fire. I'm going to shoot these off at you, and I'm going to say, okay, what does this mean? And I'll bet you you'll have answers for every single one of them. <laughs> well, you do me uh, honor. But um, I don't know. I, um, I will try my well, level we could best. Give, we could give Debbie a cheat sheet <laughs> to give you. A... It's time, time to play Stump the Chump. Yeah, yeah Bishop, we, we've chatted this hour, and it's been fun just to relax and talk, get this year off to a nice start. And, uh, and on a positive note, uh, yes. I, I'm, I am actually very positive. Uh, I have faith in people and in humankind that uh, given choices that are vastly different in some cases, generally speaking, they will pick something that is good. We have seen good prevail 
so often over bad things. Yes. And uh, in times of tough times, we come together like no other time. Well, we kind of jump around all over the place yeah. when, we, when we get together during yeah. these sessions. And I'm, I'm really so glad uh, mm -hmm. that we have an opportunity to be able to, to throw together some, some uh, thoughts of our, of our lives. Between the two of us, between the two of us, I believe we have, we have some creditable experience. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say between the two of us, we have 150 years of experience. <laughs> well, we, it's getting close to that. Yeah, it's getting close yeah, to that. But uh, can you leave us with a, a, a prayer and a blessing for this, for this new year, for all the folks listening? By all means, and I'd be honored to do so. Yes, yes, yes. Almighty God, how wonderful is your work throughout the world. How glorious your ability to help us ponder your life among us and to help us to realize how you call us to understand you and know you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gifts that we have. And we praise you because we realize that in our lives we are just getting started we are just starting to open the ways in which we are called to be your servants, your stewards of mystery and awe in the world. Thank you for giving us curiosity. Thank you for giving us wisdom. Thank you for giving us abilities. Lord, help us to use these things wisely for the service of our brothers and sisters. Help us to enjoy the time that you give us to be able to look deeply into the mysteries of your creation. Thank you for Jesus, who is the example of the ways in which we are called to live life fully. We pray for all of these things in the name and the power of Jesus, who is your Son and Mary's forever and ever. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you now and forever. Amen. In reviewing this show before we went on the air with it, I was impressed with the idea of how much the church, with a capital C, is interested in your well-being, not just your spiritual well-being, although that's a very big part of it, but also your general health, whether you have a roof over your head, whether you have food in your refrigerator, whether you have help with other needs, addictions, debt problems, whatever. The church tries to help in so many different ways. They support shelters. They support Catholic charities. They try to find housing for people in need. They try to make sure that people's health needs are met and that people in crisis are dealt with. The idea is to treat you as the whole person that you are. And as Bishop Callahan has frequently said, no one is disposable. If the people of the church, and that is all of us, can help each other out in need, then people will have more time to reflect upon all the things that Bishop Callahan was talking about. We keep saying, all this is in front of you. All this teaching is available. All these good thoughts are available. All these ideas as to how you can be a better person and how you can be a better person to others and help them be better people. How we can all come together for the greater good of humanity and of all of our souls. 
A good way to see what is available to help you in all kinds of different ways is to go to the Diocesan website. In the case of La Crosse, it's diolc.org. Diolc.org. Spend some time looking at what's available, the links to the various services that are going on, everything from adoption to Catholic charities to help with finances, and of course, more importantly, to deal with you if you have a big spiritual need. There's also a prayer request area as well. Diolc.org. Again, Diolc.org. So much to be discovered when you go to the official website of the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Jack Sosha here with you on Connecting the Diocese. We are just flat out of time, so I will see you again next week. Don't forget, all these shows are also archived at the Diocesan website, diolc.org slash connecting. I'll catch you next week. Again, thanks so much for listening.